an exciting time of the year. This is, you know, if you follow the church calendar, like the liturgical centuries and centuries of calendar that has developed around faith, this is a very interesting time of the year because it's the season leading up to Easter. It's called Lent, and uh, around here we do something called 40 Days of Faith. And today is the kickoff for this particular season that's always, always, always been impacting and powerful here in church. And so without further ado, here is Charles to kick it all off. This on? Am I on? Good. Hey, uh, welcome everyone. It's good to see you at the river. My name is Charles, one of the pastors here. Uh, as many of you know, I just want to get this out of the way. Many of you know that my dad passed away just a few weeks ago. So three weeks ago, we, as a family, went out to Korea for the funeral. Now, my dad was uh, 90 years old. And so he lived a, a long life, and he'd been suffering from Alzheimer's for a number of years. And so this was coming, and uh, we expected it to come. But still... When it happens, it hits you hard. So it was a, a, a time of, just brought back a lot of memories, of childhood memories, of spending time with my dad, we traveled with him to a number of places. And so it makes you think about life. You know? It just, my dad, I remember him, in my memory, he was about, really the strongest memories I have, he was about my age. You know, and uh, just had my birthday yesterday. So, thank you. I'm 49. So, five decades. Five decades. And you just make you think, time flies. And, uh, you know, I'm getting old. I'm getting up there. And so, times like that, it makes you think about life. What makes life meaningful? What makes life worth living? What is life about? Because it goes by. How should one live? Now, what makes life worth living? All right, these are good questions. Uh, day after we got back, I got a call from a, a close relative who called to uh, offer condolences. And so we got to talking, and we got to talking about life, death. You know, he's my age or my, you know, around my age. So, you know, he's up there too. And so what makes life worth it? And, and then he shared that he's been experiencing a lot of success, especially lately. He's a very successful executive. And he said he's been feeling, especially at moments of his success, that he's been feeling really empty inside. You know, he found that very notable that at at the moment when his deal goes through or he gets a promotion or the very moments of his triumph. You know, it used to be that he felt so great when he was in his 20s and 30s. You know, it's all about making it. And so, you know, when something comes through, it's just like, yeah, you know, this is what I live for. You drive for it. But now that he's... In his midlife, it doesn't have the same bang. It actually makes him feel even worse. He feels very empty inside, especially at the heights of success. And then he asked me, 
Do you ever feel that way? Do you feel empty inside? And, and I thought, you know, I want to be, you know, I really thought about it. And, and I thought, you know what? I, I often get angry with life. I'm, I'm disappointed with life oftentimes. I, I get angry with God, especially with my back problem. I, I have regrets. But I don't feel empty. You know, to be honest. I used to. I used to feel empty all the time. Actually, it's kind of reversed for me. When I was in college at 18, I, I ended up at Stanford. And it's just a beautiful campus, just beautiful setup. Everybody's just happy and intelligent. I felt very set up for success. It was great. And I felt so empty inside as a young man. And it was really a, a horrible experience because everybody would tell you, you know, hey, these are the best years of your life. Enjoy it. And that, it's like the worst thing you can say to a college kid, really, because, you know, it means that this is it. And from here on out, it's all downhill, you know. And I'm already feeling empty. And so I just thought that's just horrible. And it's in college that I started to give Jesus a serious try. And something shifted. And I don't feel empty anymore. And I think it's because of this, this what Jesus said in this passage. In John, he said, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So he talks about this, Rivers of living water. And we don't know exactly what that would mean. It's a metaphor. But you get the sense that there's like a, a sense of satisfaction from within. A sense of joy, peace, strength. Right? Rivers of living water flowing from within. I, I think that's what counteracts this feeling of emptiness. Because life... You know, life passes by and you spend your days and you can feel like, what's it all for? But when you have this something flowing from within you, rivers of living water, it, it's an antidote to that. It centers you. It grounds you. It, it makes you feel better about life. Life feels more colorful, more meaningful, more tasteful. Sounds good, doesn't it? Whatever it is, it sounds good, right? So how do we get it? How do we get more of these rivers of living water? The passage that he says, it's about the Spirit of God. By this, he meant the Spirit. So it's not like, it's not successful life. It's not righteous life. It's not, it's not about, okay, I'm a meaningful. I have a meaning in my life because I'm serving people. You know, I'm bringing water to poor people. So, so, so it brings meaning and so it makes my life worth it. it. It's not even about like having faith and like reading the Bible and being a good person. He said this is about the Spirit of God. God himself. This is in the realm of God. Not, not human world stuff that you can do on your own. This takes God. Right? 
Would you agree? The Spirit of God. That's what it takes to really counteract that feeling of what is life about or getting down. And, and the good news is, the good news is the, in the New Covenant, it is available for everyone. That's the good news. Bible says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of faith, people of Israel. It will not be like the old covenant I made with their ancestors. There's something new. It's a new covenant. He says, I will put my law on their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. Everybody will know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. That's about the new covenant days, last days. New covenant days. Holy Spirit will be poured out on everybody. Right? That's what, that's what God makes a point of saying. What the new covenant is about. And that's very exciting and interesting. This is the... This is the, what is the new part of the new covenant? Right? If it's new, there's got to be a difference. He says it is different. What is that new part? Well, Holy Spirit, people of faith knew about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is old news. <laughs> it's in the Genesis 1 2. The Holy Spirit starts creating stuff, and Holy Spirit falls, falls on people. People knew about that. But see, in the old days, Holy Spirit was only for very, very special people. You know, they were very intense, holy, righteous, good you know, people. They, they were prophets. Only the prophets got the Holy Spirit. And they were very special. And they were like weird, right? I mean, they were like wear weird clothes, eat weird food. They were like sleep on one side for years just because God told them. They would go bury our underwear in the uh, mountains. I mean, just weird people. And they were very, very holy and very, very special people, right? Can we agree, prophets? Not for everyone. So the new part is that it's for everyone. That is what is so different from the past, that it is for everyone. And that has big implications, folks, because if it's for everyone, I mean, people are so freaking different, sorry for my language, so different from each other, don't you think? People, they're like all kinds of people. I mean, when you think about like who is out there in the world and the variety of people that they are and the different things that they are into, it's crazy how different people are. I mean, in this church, I'm very proud of the fact that we have a diverse church. Because churches are mostly very homogeneous. And just in this church, the spectrum of differences, of how people are different from one to the other, it's crazy. I mean, some people are into Pokemon, and some people are just despises that kind of stuff, right? Some people... <laughs> are intellectual, and some people are very emotional, and some people are very spiritual, and some people are very earthy and practical. 
And just everybody is so different. I mean, I, I my, even my own kids, they, I believe they receive the same DNA, really. I mean, the DNA is right there. But they are so different from one to the other. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And so given how different each person is, you all are so gloriously unique. I don't know how, but it's just so different. So given how different people are, if it's for everyone, it's got to be just so broadly accessible. It can't be just one set way. If it's one set way, then it cannot be for everyone. And it, but God makes it very clear, this is what is so true about the new covenant. That it's for everyone. He keeps saying that that's the new part. That's the only thing he mentions, really, that's new. And if it's for everyone, then it's got to work for you and you and you and you and your own native, different DNA language. And that means there isn't like one formula I can tell you and say, you just do this and it'll work. And he makes a point of that. He says, no one should say to one another to know the way of the Lord. That this is the way of the Lord. So I can just tell you, you know, folks, back then, very few people could read. And so there would be like someone special, like the priest, who would read the Bible. And they would say, okay, here is the way. And God is saying, that's no more. He's like, that's not going to work. Because it's going to be for each of you specific to who you are. And he's going to come to you. And that's a different ball game, don't you think? It's a whole different ball of wax. That means there is a, a path, a way that God has made for you. You have to discover it in your way. You can't just come and, and find a, a, a pastor or guru and say, okay, just show me the way. That's not going to work. You have to discover it yourself. Your path to connecting with God. That's going to take some work. Okay? It's not easy. You can't just say, okay, Benny Hinn or Billy Graham did it. So let's just do it that way. No, you have to find your way. Your language. And, and that's... What makes this church unique and exciting? We are here to help and empower you to find your way. Not, not to say, here is the path. You know, I think that makes our church unique. And that's what makes it exciting. And so, we're entering this season called Lent. How many of you have heard of Lent? It's this traditional period of 40 days leading up to Easter. And here we, we use it to really lean into God. We really try to set up an experience for you, a faith experiment that if you choose to engage in it, hopefully it will help you discover that path that's made for you. So we have these things that we are encouraging you to do. Then you have to do it. You can't just like listen and think about it. You have to do it because you have to discover your path. Right? Make sense? And we call it 40 days of faith. It's a faith experiment. It's a hands-on experience. You're going to do stuff with it. And each year, we have a, a, a focus, a theme. And this year, we're calling it 
spiritual practices for dummies. Right? Because if it's for everyone, dummies got to be able to do it. Right? It's got to be broadly accessible to every kind of person. Not just the holy, not just the smart, but everyone, including dummies. Sounds good? I'm excited about it. You know, this took some work to come up with, okay? (laughs) So I want you to be excited about it. It's pretty smart to come up with stuff like that, right? So let me tell you how 40 days of faith works. There are four components. The first component is the daily guide. Every day, there's a, a short guide for you that you can read while eating cereal. And it'll help you get the most out of this experience. It really is the best way, really the only way to really engage to go through the daily guide. It's, just, it's not that long, but it will help you for the day to tell you, you know, how you can experiment. And this week, week one, we're going to help you succeed. You know, one of the feedback we got is that 40 Days of Faith, we've been doing it for years, and every year it just comes upon people suddenly. All of a sudden, on Sunday, you find out, oh, it's Lent, it's beginning, it's 40 days of faith. And I got to figure out what to fast from, who to pray for, what to pray for. All of a sudden, you just feel like you're behind the eight ball. And so, it's not that great. And so, what we decided is we're going to spend the whole, this coming week, helping you ramp up. Each day of the daily guide will help you set up, guide you through how to decide, like, what to fast for for example, will be like one day. So doesn't that sound good? So you just look up the daily guide this week and it will set you up for the rest of the Lenten period. The rest of the Lenten period, daily guide will have a short Bible passage and some reflections and some suggestions to try to figure out your path towards connecting with God. Right? So... Use a daily guide. And if you miss a few days, it's okay. It's not like you have failed. It's fine. It's for everyone. It's for the lazy as well, okay? So if you skip a few, that's okay. Just pick up wherever you are, all right? The daily guide. Thank you for that question. That's awesome. Daily guide. We will put it on the River app. How many of you have the River app? Yes, most of you have it. Get it. It's so easy to get. Just on your smartphone and get it. That's the way to do this thing. It'll be on there every day. Right there. Woohoo! Yeah! Right there. It's on. It's on already. And you can also find it on our website. But really, you know, get the app. It's the app world now, right? And we also have a very few printed copies down there as well if you need it for the week. But, uh, you know, we want to save the trees. So use the app, please. Um... Anyway, all right, so second component. Second component is prayer. You know, there will be, we're asking you to pray each day, really, around three questions. What do you want Jesus to do for you that you cannot get for yourself? What do you want Jesus to do for five friends of yours? And finally, how can I experience more of the Holy Spirit? And again, the week one of the daily guide will go through these prayers day by day by day, one by one. 
So you'll have plenty of time to answer these questions. But for today, let me just briefly explain why we're asking you to pray these three prayers. First, what do you want Jesus to do for you that you cannot get for yourself? Well, the Bible encourages us to ask for practical things that we need. It says, you do not have because you do not ask. I love the Lord because he hears and answers my prayers. Because he bends down and listens, I will pray as long as I have breath. So what this is saying is that God answers prayers, so go for it. You know, you need, I mean, we all have needs, right? And many of the things that we need or want, sometimes it's hard to get, right? So why not ask? Well, some people say, well, that's risky to ask and and, and pray to God like that. Some wise people have said things like, well, we pray not to change God's mind, but to change ours. The idea behind that is, you know, God already has set up his mind. I mean, it's not like we're going to pray and change his mind. We pray and we change who we are. And there's a lot of wisdom in that because it comes from this experience of many, many prayers not being answered in the way that you want them answered. Of course, God will always answer, but the answer could be no. And then it feels horrible, right? Especially if you do something like this where you're praying every day. We're asking you to put in some effort and really care about it. And then it doesn't happen, and then you can be crushed. You can feel like, well, why didn't God answer? And you can get cynical about faith. This stuff doesn't work. Where is God? You know, you can, you can get disappointed with God, cynical with God. You can, like, lose faith. You can feel like, this is all, I don't ever want to do that again. So why risk that? Because chances are, if you're praying for a miracle, let me assure you, if you're praying for a miracle, chances are you won't get it. Because they are, by long definition, a very long shot, right? If, you're, if you want to win the lottery, just please understand, The odds are you won't win it, (laughs) right? And so why set yourself up like that? And then end up feeling bad about everything, right? Well, let me tell you why. If you don't ask for practical things of God, then faith becomes all about ethics. If you don't expect God to move in any significant way for you in a tangible way, then it's all about Oh, what does God want? And let's just be a good person following these things. And so it just becomes ethics. And I tell you, ethics you can get from a number of places. It will not sustain you. It is not faith. And God may as well be dead for all practical intent and purposes. You cannot reduce faith to ethics. And two, many of us get lots of prayers answered. (laughs) Way more than probability suggests. I mean, if all of us pray for a a, a powerful miracle, odds are none of us should get any answers for about 100 years. Maybe you get one in 100 years. But the facts are we get so many God stories, it's not even funny. It's great. And so if you get any prayers answered, it's awesome. You pray for 10 things that you need. In your life, let's say. That needs a miracle. And you get one out of ten. 
Well, nine out of ten, you're disappointed. And that's bad. But one out of ten, you have one more miracle than you had gotten otherwise. You know what I'm saying? If you have a different mindset and say, well, that's one more miracle than I have any right to expect. That's a bonus, don't you think? I I would take that. I would take those odds. I would rather have one more miracle than none. Right? Even if I get disappointed nine times. And so if you have that kind of mindset, there's no downside. And you go for it. Right? So we ask you to pray your heart out, but also hold it loosely. And most importantly, if you pray because you want something, you will go to God. And that connects you with God. You're interacting with God. There is, the, the point of this is rivers of living water. Really, let me make this very clear. You get a miraculous answer to prayer. That's good. But let me assure you, it doesn't solve anything fundamentally for you. Because you are all going to die. Sorry to be a downer. If this is news to you, sorry. But we are all dying. And we don't have that much time, like I said at the beginning. I've been thinking about life and death. And so, hey, so you got some job? You got some thing fixed? Well, in a short period of time, you're going to be in the grave. That's not going to be solved. And so, I mean, does it solve anything fundamentally? Not really. It doesn't even make you happy for that very long. I was at Stanford, and it was one of the most empty, depressing period of my life. It doesn't solve. What is so much more important is what is happening inside of you, in your soul. Are you really connected to God and yourself and in the world in such a way that life comes at you as a colorful experience, as a meaningful experience, as a joyful experience? Who are you? What's in you? That's so much more important than whether you get some answer to prayer. And, and, and if you pray, then what's being built into you and into your soul, that's what changes and that's why we do this. Amen? This is powerful. So that's why we ask you to pray this prayer. Second, we want you to think through what do you want Jesus to do for your five friends. We call them my five because if it's about connection, we don't want it to be just about me, 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 me. We are motivated by me, 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 me. So that's good. Go for it. But do more than that. You know, pick five friends and pray for them. Here are some stories of people who actually did it. One person said, last year's 40 days of faith, was the first time I pray for my friends almost every day. That's awesome. It's time to pray for your friends, someone other than you. That's great. That's expanding your soul. You see, this person said, I wrote their names on my shower wall, so I would see them every day. Smart. They're serious about this, right? It's happening. I found that over the course of Lent, good things started to happen to many of them. One friend got a surprising and high-paying job. Do you want a surprisingly high-paying job? Nice, yeah? One friend, uh, after months of unemployment. Yay. Another person was able to enjoy her wedding despite family conflict. That's a miracle. (laughs) Family conflict, tell me about it, not fun. 
Another friend also had several successes in his life. I was surprised at how God was working in their lives. Sometimes God just answers a lot of prayers. You know, some people come to me and say, you're a pastor, pray for me. And I say, you know, it's the new people that gets their prayers answered. Not even someone like me, it doesn't, it takes a lot more work, you know. (laughs) But sometimes like this person prayed for the first time for their friends. God really moves in such circumstances because God God likes that. It's like, okay, I'm going to give you a good taste. And then he makes it a little harder. Because it's like, you know, exercise. You know, it's like a trainer. You know, at first it's easy, but then they make you run a marathon. You know what I mean? Because it's like you got to like do more and more and more, right? God trains you to become a bigger and bigger soul. So it's great, right? Great story. That's America. We have so many stories like this. Another person said, I felt closer to my friends as a result and found that I had more compassion and really cared for these people in my interactions with them. I love that. Really cared. So uh, so before, not really cared, right? <laughs> but I can relate to that, right? It's hard to really care for people. The people can be pain in the butt, you know? That's a good thing, to really care for them. That's powerful. Those are stories... That can happen for you. We have so many of these stories. Isn't that exciting? But that's why we do this. So who are your five? Day three of the daily guide will help you answer that question. So use the daily guide. Then consider some sort of fast as you pray for experiences of the Holy Spirit in everyday settings. Fasting is this thing that people do during Lent. Right? For 2,000 years, Christians have fasted. And people in the Bible, they, they always fast when they want something. And why, why do they do that? Why is it such a popular thing to do? The fasting is not fun. Now, the old understanding of fasting, some understanding of the fasting is, is like this. Okay, I want a miracle from God. So it's like, you know, it's like people kind of subconsciously think there's like a miracle vending machine. You know what I mean? And, and you have to like put in coins. Right? And you put in enough coins and you push the right buttons combination, then pop the miracle comes. Right? So you, you pray enough, you 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 read the Bible and, and and you're fasting and it's painful and, and you are like paying into the holiness account. You're you are like paying into God account, right? I mean that's how we grew up, right? This is how intuit this is very intuitive to us because like from childhood you go to school and like you want to pass, you got to like study. There's no free lunch. You got to pay into the account, right? And so with faith too, that's what we think. God, we are paying the cost and the reward will come, right? Well, this is so wrong at so many levels. It's not even, I mean, I mean, it is so wrong. That is old covenant mentality that God himself voided and cursed, it will, it will not do good things for your soul if you approach it like that. I mean, first off, how does God, like, benefit from our fasting? I mean, how does God, like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, it so you're in pain. God's like, oh, good, you know, it gave me some pleasure, so I will. No, it's just, folks, 
In the new covenant, the merit comes from the cross. We don't accumulate any more merit. There is no God account. We can pay anything to. That's the new covenant. It's not about you. It's about God. And he has his own mind. So why fast? Why do it? Well, it expands your soul. Because it's saying that you're being serious. You're serious about God enough that you're willing to do something like fasting. And that does something to your soul. I mean, let's be honest. If something comes to us easy, we don't value it. It doesn't change us. Jesus said, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be open. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you messed up people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He's talking specifically about the Holy Spirit and seeking for him, right? He's talking about Holy Spirit. And he's saying, you got to keep on seek, ask not. Because there is no like one easy formula that just for everyone that just works. Because you guys are all different. Otherwise, it would just be so boring. We're not all the same people. So you have to find your path forward. And that takes some trying, different things. And you have to like get, go at it. And that's why we give you so many different suggestions. I mean, we give you so many suggestions at this church, don't you think? I mean, every Sunday you get three suggestions. I mean, how many suggestions? That's 150 suggestions a year to try. And so we don't expect you to try them all. I mean, what human being could do 150 suggestions? Right? But we keep throwing them out because something will work for some people and something will work for others. And you have to try it yourself to find out if it works for you or not. So we just keep throwing them out. And you have to keep trying them. Try fast, fail fast, and try another one fast. And if it works, then you go for it. And so you got to like keep on trying. And fasting is one thing. You can just say, I'm serious about this. I'm going at it. I'm keeping on asking. I, all, I am serious about you, God. You know, it's like, like if you go on a date, you got to at least take a shower. You know, you got to like put in some effort. It's not that that's going to like do everything, but I mean, at least take it seriously, right? So, you know, consider it like taking a shower type of thing. You know, you're being serious. And that's when you start connecting. That's when your soul really starts to engage. So please try some fasting as you seek the Holy Spirit. Keep on asking. What are some options? Day four of the daily guide will give you, go into details about fasting and some dangers, you know, what to try. It's not just food. People try food, but there are all kinds of things you can fast from. Sweets, alcohol, coffee, TV. I've heard people from this church fast from complaining, criticizing. That would be awesome. No complaints from this church for 40 days. Awesome. (laughs) Some people have fasted from taxis. Now, that doesn't mean like Uber, you know, you just, I'm fasting from taxis, I'll take Uber. That doesn't work, right? (laughs) So just try different things. The Pope is asking for fasting from indifference. 
like make an effort to connect. And that's pretty cool too, you know. I mean, <clears throat> in New York, we can just be in our own head, you know. We can just, we have a right to our space, you know. You can fast from that and try to connect. And, and I found a, a very charming clip that somebody from this church posted on Facebook. And I just thought, this is very charming. And so let me show you this clip. Is it ready? About connecting. And they start waving. <laughs> you know, everybody's like responding. Everybody's like, like. Hi. <laughs> Hi. 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 Isn't that so great? Okay, I think we get the picture. That's enough. But, right, everybody's going down like uh, shopping mall. But then, like, they start, you know, waving, smiling. Isn't that great? Now, it's been a long time that any of us have been that cute. Okay? So if you just do that, that could just creep people out rather than like bringing a smile. So, I mean, I'm not showing this as to say, oh, this is the path. I'm saying the spirit of it. Try it in your own way. That'll work for your environment and context to connect people around you. And rivers of living water will flow from within you. That's what we are going for. Sounds good? Let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, would you come even now? We are seeking you. We are asking for you. We are serious about it. You are it. You are what makes faith work. So living God, would you come during this season to every single one of us here that we would experience you in a bigger way, more deeper way, That your spirit would come as you have promised to every one of us in our own unique way. That rivers of living water will flow from within each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.